When Kamlu Gulrajani was very young, she and her brother lived with their mother in a widow's camp in India. Her mother was separated from her father and as a result was cast out to live among widows who were banished after their husbands died. This experience left an indelible mark on Kamlu. In her oral history, she relates her mother's story to give voice to women in the past who were mistreated, exploited, and discriminated against. Her mother's hardships instilled in her a determination to overcome obstacles. And Kamlu gained a sense of duty to give back to her communities in order to improve the lives of the people around her. Kamlu went on in her life to go to college and become a professional. She worked as a bank officer in India before immigrating to the United States in the early 1980s. Once in the U.S., she worked in information technology. Kamlu has been involved in numerous initiatives and organizations focusing on community service, health and wellness, and cultural heritage in central New Jersey. Welcome to the Rutgers Oral History Archives podcast. I'm Kate Rizzi. The Rutgers Oral History Archives, Rohhofer Short, is dedicated to documenting the life stories of men and women in communities throughout Rutgers University and New Jersey. Visit our website at oralhistory.rutgers.edu. This episode will shine a spotlight on Kamlu Gul Rajani, who was interviewed by Roha director Sean Illingworth in 2021. Kamlu was born in December 1946 in Karachi, in what was then India and is now Pakistan. Her father, Vishandas, and her mother, Devi Bai, Devi for short, came from the same area of Hyderabad, Sindh. Both Sindhi Hindus from the same community, their marriage was arranged in 1942. Kamlu's brother, Ramesh, was born in 1943. During that time, her father served in the British Army as a customs enforcement official. Under the dowry system, Kamlu's mother, Devi, faced exploitation and abuse from her in-laws and husband. When uh, my mother's uh, marriage was um, arranged, uh, they had demanded a dowry. In India, they used to have a dowry system where the, they demand uh, money and uh, gold and ornaments uh, from the girl's side when she is getting married. Kamlu's father, Vishandas, received a very large dowry upon his marriage to Devi. At the time of their marriage, Vishandas, whose father passed away, had four sisters who were unmarried. What happened was, soon as my mother got married, very next day, my father's sister got married. So they used my mother's dowry to pay for his sister's dowry to get married. And then, then they thought that, you know, we can put more pressure on my mother to get more money because now they used up her money and now they want more money. So then that's when all this trouble started. Like they kept harassing her and beating her and, you know, she had a miserable time. After several years of abuse and with two young children to care for, Devi left Vishandas only to continue to endure the stigma of being separated from her husband. Devi, Ramesh, and Kamlu sought refuge in the Kurala widow's camp. Kamlu compares this to the sati system. When a husband died, the wife was burned alive on his funeral pyre. Although sati was outlawed, Kamlu explains how the practice evolved into the banishment of widows and divorcees. If you are a widow, that is, if your husband died, 
then you cannot live in that same community. They like you're ostracized because you cannot remarry. That way, that was their culture. Uh, widow is not allowed to remarry. Like her life is over. And uh, uh, used to be like they used to burn the women with the husband in the funeral pyre. And then that uh, that system, which is called sati, that uh, they they cannot burn a live woman with a dead husband. They had uh, outlawed that system. So they said that, okay, then she's not allowed to mingle with the same community. So they used to live in uh, outskirts of town, these widows. So my mother found a place to live in one of those barracks where those widows are living. Kamlu explains about societal views on divorce at the time. It is uh, frowned upon. Uh, people uh, prefer to suffer in silence. And uh, it's like an uh, insult or degrading like for any woman uh, to be divorced because they find fault, like maybe something wrong with the woman. That's why she is divorced. Many years later, Kamlu's parents officially divorced when her father wanted to get remarried. A major event in South Asian history occurred when Kamlu was an infant, the partition. When India became independent from the United Kingdom, the subcontinent was partitioned into Hindu-majority India and Muslim-majority Pakistan. The partition took place on August 15, 1947. The result was mass migration, riots, and religious conflict. An estimated 2 million people were killed. With the threat of violence looming, Devi, with her two children in tow, boarded a train for Ahmedabad, India, where a relative served as the commissioner of Bombay State. Kamlu reflects that prior to the partition, her family experienced good relation with their Muslim neighbors. Hindus and Muslims would share fruits and vegetables from their harvest. Appreciation for religious and cultural diversity was ingrained in Kamlu during her upbringing and has left an imprint on her beliefs and outlook. The hardships faced by Devi and the obstacles that the family were forced to overcome proved to be formative experiences for Kamlu. In 1950, through the help of a charitable organization, Devi, Ramesh, and Kamlu moved to Bandra in Bombay, now Mumbai. Their situation vastly improved. Many of their neighbors were also Sindhi Hindu refugees, and the community was close-knit. Kamlu and her brother attended English parochial schools. They received support from neighbors when they needed extra help in their studies. Kamlu also benefited from the tutoring of her older brother, which paved the way for her academic success in school. Additionally, the family received support from local charities. In 1958, the family moved to a larger home in Bandra. Kamlu continued to enjoy the rich cultural and religious practices of her community. And, uh, you know, in India, it's like it's like Europe, different languages. It's not just one language. So we'll have somebody speaking Gujarati and Marathi and local language, regional language. In our school, uh, they, it was mandatory to learn the local language. So we had to learn uh, the national language, which was Hindi. And then the local language, it was Marathi. And then we come home and we speak mother tongue, which is Sindhi, and then English, because it's an international language. So from young age, you know, we got familiar with all these uh, languages and uh, customs of different people. And then uh, their uh, dress, their uniform is different. They, uh, and we, we get to know how, what customs and what festivals they enjoy. 
and uh, we would exchange our food uh, items with them. They'll exchange their snacks with us. Uh, it was uh, very comfortable. And even the Muslims who live there, uh, they lived in harmony, even though they didn't like uh, uh, visit each other. Like Muslims did not visit the Hindus. Hindus did not visit the Muslims, but they were cordial. They never quarreled or anything. They lived in peace and harmony. Kamlu attended Sydenham College of Commerce and Economics, Churchgate, where she studied commerce, banking, and finance. After graduating in 1969, she got a job at Indian Overseas Bank. She became a certified associate of the Indian Institute of Bankers and an officer at Indian Overseas Bank. Following their father, Kamlu's brother Ramesh immigrated to the United States in 1979 and settled in Queens. Kamlu came in 1981. Their mother followed in 1984. As was the case during their childhood, Ramesh and Kamlu received very little support from their father aside from his sponsorship once they settled in the United States. First living in Brighton Beach, Kamlu acclimated to life in the U.S. She jokes about everything being supersized. Because she was raised on Hollywood depictions of America, she was surprised by rundown sections of New York City. She struggled to find work with no American job experience and no computer training. She thinks that because she was so highly educated in India that American companies were reluctant to hire her for entry-level positions. They didn't want to spend the effort on training her for a job that would be temporary. Tough times do not last, but tough people do has become Kamlu's mantra as she's met difficulties head on. She continued her education shifting to information technology. She went back to school and studied technology and computer programming. So I did, uh, I did work in a very big uh, Fortune 500 companies like AIG, Citigroup, uh, all uh, Fortune 500 companies I have worked in. Overall, Kamlu enjoyed corporate culture in America. She did, however, encounter gender-based discrimination in a job. After involving an employment discrimination lawyer, the situation improved. Then, in 2008, she was laid off during the financial crisis and decided on early retirement. It was a difficult transition for her, but she directed her attention to helping those in need. In the 1980s, she had moved to East Brunswick, where her brother had settled. Once in New Jersey, she became involved in community service through a network of friends at the local Satya Sai Center, an organization dedicated to spirituality and service. Her civic involvement has continued to the present. She is active at Satya Sai. She teaches English as a second language in Middlesex County. She volunteers at the soup kitchen in New Brunswick, Elijah's Promise, and in other local efforts, such as collecting and donating gifts during holiday seasons. She's actively involved in the East Brunswick Public Library in the East Brunswick Senior Center, where she moderates classes, attends discussion groups, and writes letters for a pen pal program with local students. She participates in the Indian American Club of Rossmore in Monroe Township and in health and wellness initiatives at the YMCA. I have to help somebody to feel good because uh, how uh, nobody knows your situation, but there are so many other people who are worse off than you, so count your blessings and move on. And I'm so glad that I was able to, you know, uplift uh, and, uh, you know, bring cheer to some other people. Over the years, Kamlu has connected with other South Asian community members and with Sindhi Hindus in particular. She's a regular at the Sadhu Vaswani Center, a temple in central New Jersey. 
She serves as an officer at Agraj Seva Kendra, an Indian cultural organization in Middlesex County. There, she's been involved in efforts to bring arts to the community. A student of the spiritual organization Brahma Kumaris, she leads meditation and mindfulness sessions. Over the COVID-19 pandemic, Kamlu has continued her own personal and spiritual development. Even though she suffers from macular degeneration in one eye, that has not stopped her. Initially impacted by the shutdown in the spring of 2020, Kamlu quickly adapted. She continued her education through online courses, learning spoken Sanskrit. She met many of her neighbors who were working from home. She relied on community services, such as the Blue Delivery Program, in which the police delivered groceries. She connected with her brother, sister-in-law, and niece, who would bring her fresh fruits and vegetables and other necessities. She focused on appreciating the little things and being grateful for what she has and what she does. Kamlu attended daily meditation sessions via Zoom and continued her involvement in cultural and philanthropic organizations. I have a good support system. and uh, You have to, you know, do the best you can because change is the only thing that's going to happen all the time. Nothing is permanent except change. So you have to accept it. This is what it is, you know. From Karachi to Mumbai to East Brunswick, Kamlu Gulrajani has lived her life with perseverance, compassion, and generosity. Imprinted by her mother's experiences of being ostracized and stigmatized, Kamlu has sought to connect with the communities around her and has sought to give back to help others. Thank you for listening to the Rutgers Oral History Archives podcast. I'm Kate Rizzi. Subscribe to the Roja podcast on Apple Podcasts and follow us on SoundCloud. Follow Roja on major social media outlets at RU Oral History. The Rutgers Oral History Archives is dedicated to documenting the life stories of men and women in communities throughout Rutgers University and New Jersey. Roja makes those oral history interviews available to students and scholars at no charge through our digital archive at oralhistory.rutgers.edu. To support Roja, visit our website and select support on the main menu. Special thanks goes to Kamlu Gulrajani. Thank you to the Indian American Club at Rossmore in Monroe Township. This podcast was written, narrated, and produced by Kate Rizzi. Fact-checking was done by Zach Batista. Sound engineering and production is by Molly Graham. The oral history interview of Kamlu Gulrajani is part of the Rutgers Oral History Archives and can be found online at oralhistory.rutgers.edu. This podcast has been recorded in the Rutgers College Class of 1948 Sound Booth, located at the Rutgers School of Arts and Sciences Building at 1 Spring Street.